0: when we were still uh, planning our move to to United States uh, uh, I started uh, uh, drawing plans of my new workshop or something and I understood that now I have uh, now I have two work benches one of them is mostly covered with uh, 3d printers <laughs> and uh, I stole our uh, our dining table uh, for for my stuff as well. And uh, when I'm taking orders, I'm also using the coffee table. So yeah, it just spread all around the living room, my, my, my business, because my workshop is, 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 is in the living room. Uh, but uh, yeah, I started to count it. I understood that I need at least four or five uh, workbenches uh, to work on the current orders and projects. And uh, then I need some additional space for, for the printers. So yeah, I will need a lot of, space
1: <laughs> you know what helped me a lot it was to to go for a stroll in ikea yeah yeah <laughs> especially in holland yeah you learn like they, they have all these ideas that you can apply how to fit in,
0: everything yeah something.
1: yeah about how to use space you know it's <laughs> you know i use a lot of the ideas yeah. but it, like you need a lot because you also you have all the machinery so you need space in between the machines and also to be able to process take it out uh, things and assemble disassemble but it's possible like for example uh you see benjamin's working space is fantastic yeah but he's doing the, the production although he, he's had like the other kind of uh, the book buying the smaller you know more how say refined to work and he has this really refined uh, boxes but his space is brilliant yeah his space <laughs>
0: is amazing that's true
1: yeah, you know, and I there is other people here, you know, with a fantastic uh, like uh space, but you have to to consider what you want to do with, what's the quantity you can handle, and then you decide it. Yep. Yeah. I would like to have more space. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I true. The moment I, <laughs>
0: yeah. I was I was so upset when uh, when we were stranded uh, with our move because I was already living in my mind in, in this new larger workshop space, uh, which will be I don't know 80, so 80 so 50 square meters something I don't know large. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it will come. The future yeah. will come.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it,
1: yeah. It is, it is, this is a very frustrating time for a lot of people. You know, just I have things planned. even like a a chemistry course planned yep. over eight weeks via the University of Amsterdam. and yep. Not going forward.
2: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: And then another, like another uh, course that we organized via the Restaurator in Netherlands. It was kind of an afternoon about coloring paper yeah it was very nice you know thing and it's not going forward so it's a lot of uh, things uh, it's frustrating
0: that's that's really frustrating but uh, that's that's really good cue because we wanted to talk a bit uh, about uh, further education and uh, constantly improving your skills and uh, keeping up to date and you mentioned uh, some of the organizations here but uh, Maybe you can uh, talk a bit more about yeah. that because it's it's a really really important issue, especially as we discussed earlier, because the uh, the field uh, evolves like every month.
1: It, it is very important uh, if you want to take steps or even just want to learn and learn, you know, from people with with more uh, i say experience than you. Uh, yep. Professional associations are very good uh, place to go and uh, at least to contact them or to follow them on Facebook, uh, Instagram <coughs> I am a member of the Restauratura Netherlands and I had done a lot of uh, very interesting course, professional courses via them. Yep. That helped me a lot to, to go further because you have to commit to constant education. Yeah. Uh, the other ones that I, as well, am a, a member of is IADA, you know, it's his paper and uh, Book Restores and Econ, yeah. you know, in the UK. Uh, people say, what is the, the advantage of that? Knowledge. It's not only network, but they organize events, you know, they're organizing courses, you know, that are very important. That would recycle your knowledge and then refine your knowledge. Yeah. And yeah, there are a couple of them sometimes, you know, you just you needed to do kind of uh, invest on books and studying, you know, and some other ones you start like, oh, it sheds a light, you know, it gives away. I think already for a month or so, Econ is, uh, has all these conservators webinars yeah. for yeah. free. Yeah, it's you pretty amazing. That? Yeah. It's really nice, and in their their website is for free. You can access all the recordings afterwards. Yeah. So it okay. A a couple of things is a little bit more, uh, how say, uh, not my my field or not my level, but just to go there and and to listen and all these like really top professionals talking about a specific subject. You know, it's fascinating, and it's kind of a PowerPoint presentation on the person goes, It's via Zoom, so you can do live or you can get the recording. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. If you speak uh, uh, Spanish, uh, the University of Granada was also putting a series of webinars. Okay. And very, very, very particular, very interesting. So you were like, a, you are home, you know, kind of a stranded, but there is no reason not to go further and study.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the subject we touched on uh, with Ben uh, 2 weeks ago because now it's really really great uh, great time to study more to learn more to find out more new things and uh, in ordinary times there are lots of uh, online materials and uh, yeah. uh, YouTube courses uh, some of them are not good but there are many good courses you just need to need to choose well but these days uh, there are even more courses because many organizations opened are uh, opened up their archives uh, uh, like uh, you mentioned icons courses or, for example, uh, American uh, Guild of Book workers opened their archive uh... And it's still open until the end of May because they prolonged the uh, the access to it and the, you can find the information on, on uh, their, I think there is information on their website, but definitely there is information on Facebook. And there are, there is multitude of different uh, courses and lectures, you, you, they opened and uh, it's amazing because it touches all the different uh, subjects from some simple bookbinding structures to... Uh, I think even book conservation, I'm not sure about book conservation. they definitely talked about book repairs, but uh, um, yeah it's uh, it's it's a great opportunity to uh, to, to, to become a better person.
1: <laughs> and if you're a good detective, once you get for example, the name of someone that you, you admire that you you find fascinating, that's a good lead for you to learn more, uh, try to check it out what this person follows. you know on social media. <laughs> Yeah, you know because that it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a, almost a stalker kind yeah. of uh, <laughs> that. But then if, if you notice that you know where the the interests lead and where the source of uh, information comes from.
2: Yeah,
1: and you know, also it's just like I I like I didn't know a lot of the sources. I started like okay, I like the work of this person. That person, what this person is interested on. what did they get the information? And from that, I started getting. Uh, more info- where to get some more information, okay, you don't get everything, but you can get a really nice thing. But please, avoid the MicMac YouTube tutorial about how to fix the book. <laughs> yeah. Those a page that you have to learn with the teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to I see those things, I'm like... Ah. Yeah, but there is there is a lot of things there. So if you're home, if you're bored, you know, just start surfing. Find <laughs> that point, you will find some really nice.
0: Even if like, you if you are not bored. <laughs> I Even...
1: haven't had it at that. When, when when I'm bored, and I want a little bit of time off. I go gaming.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. I like I like gaming. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's funny because um about gaming because. Uh, we have completely different games uh, with Sof- with Sofia uh, that we play in, and uh, com- completely different styles. For example, Sofia recently uh, downloaded some game uh, about s- uh, skateboarding, and she was like, oh. "Oh, I played a similar game when I was a child, and I love it." And I, lo- and I'm looking like, <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't play this game like never, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> because. Right. But I, I, uh, I, I like lots of, uh, you know, economic st- strategic games like uh, Transport Tycoon or SimCity or uh, a- anything with trains and building and, and that stuff. But then I like...
1: Uh, I, I play Ebony.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then, then I like uh, uh, turn-based strategies like uh, Civilization or uh, XCOM and uh, uh one of my favorites that was uh, a bit step out of my comfort zone was uh, horizon zero dawn uh that is on playstation it's it's a huge war open world uh, uh role-playing game and i usually don't yeah. play role-playing game but this one is so beautiful and so so well done that i'm i'm now i'm waiting the second chapter <laughs> <laughs> which which was supposed to 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 be launched uh, uh, either this year or next year with new PlayStation, but now with all this uh, uh, coronavirus stuff, I don't even know if, if they will launch uh, the new PlayStation no. this year because. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, I I basically online with with the tablet. Yeah. I Like to play *Eponine: the... the King's Return*. Yeah. Uh, what I like it is is because it, you 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 interacting life with people from all over the world.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so I actually am like hilarious alliance. You know, yeah. we are pretty yeah. much all the same level. Yeah. There are some people that are a little bit more. Uh, in in a, one of the youngest servers from yeah. the, from, from the game. Yeah. But uh, we have people from New Zealand to Canada you know and everything in between and it is really fantastic people we have a really good laugh yeah. We go go goes Yeah, <laughs> this is a way for me to relax, and I got out of the computers. <coughs> to the computer. and now I miss the computers, and I go play games.
0: <laughs> I think Sofia also likes this type of games because uh, she was playing some uh, text-based role-playing games uh, I- even in the late 90s, when he, she was uh, just just a small child. And uh, my path was a bit different. <laughs> but what's yeah. what's funny? What's funny? Just just a few weeks ago, uh, we were discussing. She wanted to play some Heroes of Might and Magic Or something similar uh, to that And uh, we were looking for the game And I was like Okay, uh, there is Magic the Gathering The uh, uh, card collection game And uh, I played Magic the Gathering In 1990, from 1997 to 2002, something like that, for five years uh, in my high school and uh, early university years. And and Sophie told me, and then Sophie told me, okay, I also played Magic: The Gathering uh, some 20 years ago, but she was like 10 then (laughs) at that moment, (laughs) and we were discussing how it was uh, harder to play then, and uh, I was like, we can try playing Magic: The Gathering now, just two of us, like uh, like an evening pastime, and. uh, and I bought uh, some some cards and, uh, and uh, we started playing it. And it's so much fun, it's, it's so amazing how, how good it is. And now I'm, yeah, i yeah, I sort of returned to my, you know, my old forgotten uh, mania <laughs> of collecting <laughs> Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I
1: don't well, actually, that is a lot. I, I noticed in the TV a lot of new ads, you know, for board games. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, you know, I'm lucky. I have a garden, you know. So if I'm not playing games, and working. Yeah. I'm gardening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I like both sides. So I get the seeds, my yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trees. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that. So, so I I I'm lucky, you know, with that. But a lot of our people they are getting board games and games all over again. Because yeah. What to do? You have to. You want to distract yourself a yeah. bit as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I leave work. I'm yeah. very, very regular with my work. Yeah, I try, I do not work on weekends. You know, for interview, it's difficult to work from home.
0: That's that's a new practice for me because uh, I started with my uh, with my therapist a year ago. This process when I was. I was really upset with myself when I allowed myself to have a rest uh, during my working day, even if I was tired or if I felt yeah. that I can't work at this moment. And I punished myself a lot quite, uh, about, about that. And it was a long process uh, to, to, you know, to, to pass through this uh, thing. And, that's, that's and, all, yeah. and, and now it's, it's much better. But uh, the previous weekend when we had the King's Day, so it was a long weekend, I decided, okay, I'm not working all these three days and i'm not feeling bad about it (laughs) and it was such an amazing time (laughs) i can't say that i i didn't work at all because i edited some videos or something but i didn't do any work related to my business Uh, i mean uh, working on orders uh, printing stuff and all that things and this past weekend i also did the same Uh, before that i only had saturday as my you know day off on sunday i usually did some stuff This these past two weekends i i was it was completely dedicated to resting or alternative activities so yeah and it's an amazing feeling and uh, i find that uh, especially now it's very important because it's really yeah. hard to not to lose yourself in your work and uh, uh, once again <coughs> returning to magic the gathering uh i find found it that when we sit i don't know it's uh 10 or 11 uh, in the evening we sit and uh, uh, play several games it it makes really really good separation between your work day yeah. and 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 sleep that's one more reason i am really happy that we found the Ma- magic the gathering at this at this precise moment so <laughs> yeah because it, and it's also really helps.
1: The with the rhythm and i tell you i come I, I am like a someone that had a, a really big burnout you know yeah. so balance so important <laughs> Yeah. In the beginning, I felt I, I know what's the guilt thing because when I started here, I was just uh, getting out of the burnout. I had to think, oh, I have to work, I have to produce, you know, I have to to bring money and uh, do this and that. And at a certain point, my husband was like, "I think, wait a second, and me, yeah, you know. And my friends were like, "Yeah, when are we gonna uh, have a beer together?" <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. this is the point. But uh, people think that working from home is easy. It's not. Yeah. You know, because the work is just behind, and you're like, hmm, he's over there. You know, just another minute. to say, oh, I have to finish that. I have to. You have to disconnect in your head. You know, and you you have to lose this guilt feeling. So nowadays, when it comes Friday, you know, at 5 o'clock, unless it's something <laughs> Very, very, very important. (laughs) I really have no other option but to go a little bit through. Yeah, yeah. I close the doors. Yeah. You know, I I clean my place. I close the doors, and I will just reopen on Monday. You know, of course there are exceptions, (laughs) but I. And also I try not to overwork during the day. So, pretty much when my husband comes from work, I know that that's my cue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, but, but sometimes it's really hard not to not to work, not to overwork, yeah. not to work on uh, weekends, but yeah.
1: My father taught me one thing very important in business uh, about the extra time. And, uh, he would tell me all the time, extra time is for extraordinary things. If you always and constantly doing it, uh, over time, there are two reasons for that: you're understaffed or you're not organized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <this> it is true.
0: <laughs> I'm understaffed. Me <laughs> too. <It's>, uh... <laughs> That's that's by the way the other thing I I, I was really looking forward because uh, I thought that when we move to the US uh, I will uh, find the, an employee who will take some of the uh, responsibilities away from me I don't know picking orders or doing some some stuff and uh, uh, because yeah routine is always always yeah. a, I I hate routine and. Uh, I, I found ways to cope with it. I mix the activities. I do yeah. something for, I don't know, for for an hour. Then I sh- switch to a different activity. And this way, it feels much better for me. But still, I hate routine. And uh, I uh, some things I want to give to a different person and i'm ready to pay for that but yeah
1: here I like washing the dishes <laughs>
0: here here at the moment it's not possible so i'm really waiting for that move
1: one of the things that i don't like to do is the tax report oh yeah oh,
0: no i waited uh, until uh, until the the
1: my husband, he's, an, he's an accountant yeah. as well yeah uh, so the final points that he does it but i have to prepare all the paperwork for him yeah. before he
0: it's yeah. not very pleasant. I, w- I waited with my tax reports, income tax, and uh, first quarter tax until uh, something like 20th of April. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was exactly. like last days uh, oh, before.
2: Deadline, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. The
0: deadline, but yeah, not yeah. exactly. Yeah, I had only like 10 days to, to, to finalize the report, but then, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
1: just like a good going and... Typing, getting all the, the data, getting all the invoices, and uh, noting, and yeah. you know, so it just like okay, okay, I'm not big enough, you know, to have a program enough to do the accounting, so yeah. we do it in a kind of a yeah. very simple way, and. He does. <laughs> the rest, <Yeah>. <laughs> luckily. <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess uh, we can move now to discuss the news. Collection of DC Comics uh, that is uh, at uh, on sale at Sotheby's right now. A person collected uh, 40,000 comic books uh, uh, from DC starting with 1934 and uh, ending uh, in uh, 20, 2014. So... It's, it's uh, 80 years yeah, age. of yeah. yeah all the comics books uh, that were published by DC Comics uh, throughout these 80 years. I, I know that you like comics, so I, I thought maybe we can discuss these topics a bit. Uh...
1: Yeah, I think that the comics thing comes also like that article that I wrote. You yeah. Know, about, yeah, yeah. The collecting yeah. and the conservation issue. I, despite all, I, re- I really like comics. I, I like it since I was a child and I stopped liking it. Uh, and but it is a completely different collecting uh, approach than book collecting. Yeah, you know they are completely different worlds. You know, yeah. and even uh, terminology they, is different.
0: It's it's <laughs> and, it's very like with 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 any other collectibles. Yeah, there are there is there is yeah. this, this market for collectibles. Like once again. Uh, uh, playing cards of all the sorts, and uh, I don't know, baseball cards and uh, comics fi- fit into yeah. this category, not not to the category yeah. that books uh, uh, take.
1: No, because they are considered ephemera. Yeah. Ephemera comes from the Greek word, and me, like, it's not made to last. Yeah. You know, so and they are still produced in that way, despite the, the knowledge of technology on paper, on degradation, and everything. No, it's ephemeral. It is something that will pass. Uh, you know, Publishers will give you more important, uh, importance to the fact that you have with the new book yeah. you know, than how good is that paper is in the long run. The old books, the old comics that are, can be absolutely bloody expensive, uh, they are in a very fragile state because yeah. the paper was the worst paper ever. It was something that was you come the, during the week, you got that comic, you read and, yeah. hope to, no, off
0: it goes. Especially for the U.S., 1934 uh, uh, 30s yeah. was was what the time of depression and uh, uh, cuts in on in in prices and materials and all yeah. this stuff. So, uh, and the comics were one of the one of the cheapest materials uh, a, a person could could buy for for the entertainment. Yeah. So, understandably, they were made with really cheap materials and. Uh,
1: yeah, and then it is understandable like the, the You cannot take the economics out of the whole path of uh, collecting. It is books, or if it is uh, comic books or if there are other things, there is always economics behind. Yeah. Uh, one of the, the the most fascinating courses about economics and history bookbinding, I I had with the Doctor uh, Nicholas Pickwood from the UK from the Ligatus Org, and he he said like it the trade is connected to, to like the, the craft is connected to the trade.
2: Yeah.
1: you know, And if you understand why the quality of a certain books and comic books are the way they are, you have to understand what's going on at that time. What's the business going on? Yeah. Because people are not doing that for art. That's purely business. Yeah. You know, and nowadays we collect things and then sometimes life is like, we say, oh, you know, we're going to be in, a, what's the mint condition in uh, for uh, like a 1940 comic book? You know, a mint condition would be still a fragile book. Yeah. You know, it's different from a mint condition book from 1970s.
0: Yeah, that's true. Time passes, uh, paper degrades, materials yes. change, of course. And paper is it... tricky. Yeah.
1: paper is a very tricky thing because there's so much into paper yeah yeah i also and like we the part that i always say the constant uh, course the constant uh, knowledge uh, you know that you have to gather yeah i did once a paper <coughs> clinic with uh with a lady in 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 the netherlands uh mark from Brovo, uh for uh, me Nippert, and she makes this paper clinic where you're gonna test you know properties of paper yeah you know shrinkage you know uh, it's just acidity you know how it behaves and the variety of papers huge and the amount of a test that we could do it it was fascinating but it it sheds you a light about why certain things when sometimes certain papers when you use it doesn't work it doesn't give you the effect yeah paper tricky, but it's nice yeah actually it's my favorite thing to work with
0: (laughs) okay and so did you did you see the news about the uh, blue ink Uh, because i i browsed through a couple of articles but uh, i guess
1: i saw it a bit i found it fascinating but uh, it's just like i didn't go into too much into detail because normally what happens i read i put it into my mind that like that consideration but inks is a uh, inks uh, aquares on paper I do not do myself I don't have the technique yeah that's normally out source <laughs> so I, I read it about I, I go over the, the, the subject <coughs> I, and I, I do this, I read a lot of things for me at least to know that if I want to talk to someone I will have an idea.
0: Yeah. I guess I guess I guess I can uh, ask uh, Rita next week because uh, uh, the ink is uh, was used in the Mediterranean region and uh, that's her sort of your area. Oh Rita Rita is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I had a course with
1: uh with her. Uh I think she was last year, it was her and uh Oparo is fulano. Umparo is she does she's in uh in Florida. Yeah is a Spanish, uh, a conservator, she, is, she's in the area more like the paintings, you know, and the, the graphic arts. Uh, Rita also does uh, some of a graphic on paper, yeah. and uh, she's a conservator in Spain, and she's very funny as well, she's a very nice teacher. You know, those teachers that are not, uh, say, uh do not hold back. <laughs> when you start asking, me, just just like, give you more information, and you learn more and more and more. Um, it, she, that is, uh, there is there uh, is a she made a presentation about a tracing paper and how the, the conservation of a tracing paper, yeah. those ones are using in you know, architecture design, uh, uh, yeah, drawings. Very 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 interesting, you know. And how do you deal with that? Because they're, they're very tricky yeah and I do not do it myself. I would get that if it comes something like that, I would send to another colleague yeah
0: and, yeah tracing tracing also, paper is is really a mess, yeah,
1: yeah, and there are also ways to unfold you know you know when they're like those drawings, they are all rolled up, And yeah. if you try to unfold them, they will break, yeah, yeah <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah.
1: That is the method for that, and then some colleagues um, that from the Erfurt Leiden, you know, it is greater, and Alexander Nijenhof, and they worked in a big project that they had a lot of uh, like uh, uh, of these drawings to prepare, you know, to to, to flatten. Uh, they used the technique that they presented in the, the YADA uh, convention. Yeah. Here, yeah, showing yeah. how it is done. A, so, paper is tricky, <coughs> no, <I'll make> paper. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I mean, Rita would
1: be, would
0: be a lot of what Okay, so, so let's 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 move on to the QA section of uh, our podcast. Uh, we've got several questions uh, for Ileana and uh, at least one question that uh, that i will answer the first question comes uh, from uh, paper etc. Uh, okay my question is uh, what is, what is like working with glues and how difficult is it understanding paper as a bookbinder as a bookbinder friend would say it's tricky it's tricky working with paper
1: yes district because working with paper is not only uh, that uh, you have to to learn. I, I talked about it, a paper clinic that yeah. I went to understand other properties yeah. of paper, but to understand when paper was produced, uh, how it was produced, what kind of uh, uh, properties this this paper has: acidity, shrinkage, how heavy. <clears throat> sorry, heavy. Then uh, it. it and how it, all these would react with glues, and glues that are different kinds of glues. You have the PVA, you have the starch glue, you have methylcellulose, combi methylcellulose, gelatin, uh, fish uh, lime uh, glue, and other animal-based glues. So it depends on what you're gonna do it. And of course, some glues are more uh, uh, better than yeah. other ones to use. Yeah. Uh, who knows a lot about this is Benjamin. <coughs> Benjamin <laughs> includes... <laughs> you know. Yeah. And for example, if you want to work a starch uh, paste, that's very easy and cheap to make. Uh, but this is tricky. It's very humid. Yes. Yeah. So, and
2: and spoiled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Paper is uh, reactive. Paper is not uh, like a. Uh, there are so many different types of paper, so that that it's tricky experience will help you know uh trial and error if you can afford it yeah. <clears throat> you know that's how i learned as well when i sometimes i have some paper and i put some glues and i see how the paper reacts you know understand the grain direction you know because that is very important
0: yeah yeah because paper swells when when it's, it, it gets wet and then it shrinks so yeah it's, yeah it's very important in which direction it swells and shrinks
1: yeah my advice for people that sometimes get a piece of paper that they do not know how the paper is reacting uh, if you can get part of the paper cut it in a, a smaller pieces and try to see how it reacts yeah you know observe how it reacts with the glue you have there
0: yeah. So we also touched upon uh, this uh, subject of uh, paper reacting with glues uh, while we were talking with uh, Ben Elbel. It was a different question about um, covering uh, books with uh, decorative types of papers because uh, different decorative types of paper uh, papers are really tricky and thin and uh, they react uh, funky on different types of glue and especially <laughs> yeah. on... Uh, uh, starch paste. And we also talked about uh, things that uh, PVA can be uh, moisturized or dried just a bit, and it, 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 it affects yeah. how PVA works as well because drier PVA dries quickly. And yeah. uh, if, you, if you add water or some solution to PVA, it dries slower and it, uh, it affects your work and you can control how you work with different yeah. types of glue, depending on how much water and other solutions you add to, to the mix.
1: And don't forget that PVA, there is not just one formula for PVA. There are different formulas. Yeah. There are formulas that will hold the moisture longer. Yeah. So it is good for things that you want to, to move while you're working. And there are some PVA's that would dry extremely fast. Uh, I love them for boxes because you put it, you clamp it, the thing is done.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) and and some other sometimes what you can get if it is a type of PVA that it is uh, dries very fast, you can add it up a little bit of water, dilute a bit. Yeah. So we lose a little bit of the power, but uh, it will give you a little bit more time to work. Uh, but if the the long one that takes a long time you have to be patient yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so
1: yeah the, the, the best thing is to test
0: yeah to trust to, to try to try the paper
1: environment circumstances also have an impact how dry how cold is the day you know how humid is your environment yeah. all these will have an impact on glue and paper
0: yeah yeah exactly and sea level also influences because the uh, Air thickness and uh, once again humidity. So yeah, all yeah. these factors should be should be
1: counted for. Yeah, sometimes certain papers are so tricky to use that when sometimes they really want that paper or that's the paper that I have to use. Sometimes I use layers of uh, a press, you know, so you glue it and then you put something like a, a thick felt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll show you one thick pieces of felt. Okay. Yeah. You know so you can use the this one uh against so, you know to try to absorb the the humidity,
2: yeah.
0: you
1: know and press you know yeah and uh, if you have to do this actually it's better not to buy this paper again (laughs)
0: yeah yeah (laughs) sometimes you have to work with some sort of paper but yeah if if you if you choose uh, some some sort of paper for your own projects you'd better choose the paper that works well and uh, wouldn't make you a lot of troubles
1: yeah because sometimes it's like oh i know i i i I did some experiments that ended up really wrong
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Question from Elien Dalstall. Uh Uh, What is the most unusual, unexpected material or tool you like to use for bookbinding or book restoration?
1: Okay, that's cool. I like that. (laughs) Actually, the most unusual tool that I've been lately using in restoration is an airbrush. Okay. You know, people think about modeling. You know, little cars, building yeah. up. Uh, yeah. painting, thing, you painting. Know, yeah. I use. Yeah, I've been using that to color edges of the book, coloring paper for restoration, coloring la- uh, leather uh, as well. You know, because you can distribute, but you have to be very firm. It's a bit of practicing. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, the things from, from from the dentist. I uh, have one thing that and if people are not from a restoration they do not know it is I'm trying to unlock my safe together. It is this machine yeah, is a taco iron? Yeah conservators for them this is a common place. You have temperature here. This is also something that's just unusual. That's not something that you that you normally people show very often. Yeah. Um, all sort of little tools and in book binding, special leathers like chicken, chicken uh, uh, foot. Okay. You can use. They have beautiful patterns. Never seen they, this
0: one used before.
1: No, I no. Feel like you can use if you're doing mosaic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have I have, I, some, I have some I have some
0: frog skin, but yeah, that's that's. Yeah, uh... they
1: are beautiful. Or snake skin.
0: Yeah. I'll show you one. Oh, I also this have some lizard skin or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, snake skin, and uh, what I do it to give a little bit more strength to yeah. the the. the I put some fingers. you see that is a nice structure.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. and I back up with silk.
0: Okay, okay, so that's why so you can see through, backing. yeah, because it's yeah. silk, okay.
1: That's the tip that I've learned from a bookbinder in Belgium, Tom von Kamp, <clears throat> doing a workshop, so she gave me this idea that if certain leathers are very, um, what's called uh, fragile, you can back up with silk, silk is very strong. Yeah. Then uh, I have one that is really fun that uh, I haven't used yet, do not know exactly where we are going to use is the the feet of an ostrich in blue. <laughs> <Okay>. uh,
0: <laughs> it's beautiful,
1: it's this big. Is this heart. thing that are going to use? Uh, sorry? It's big. Is it big? Yeah, just a sec.
0: Oh, wow, it's huge.
1: Yeah. Well, they are big birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> they have a beautiful structure. Yeah as well
0: it, it, remind, it reminds me of a face hugger from Alien or something like
1: that <laughs> <laughs> I already used one of the one of the things I had a tree. I used one
2: Yeah.
1: but this is very unusual or a cow stomach. okay. very difficult to get. It has also kind of a structure yeah to it. <clears throat> but uh, like are not strong uh, uh, you know what's called uh, skins. Yeah. so uh, not only to talk about some, skin, you know, uh, <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> you have all this. Yeah. this is very unusual. for in book binding, you can do some beautiful decoration, especially on mosaic and uh, on lace lace. you can use that one. So I did a couple of things with this, you mm-hmm. know for, for the book binding. You can use pretty much anything that you want for book binding actually.
0: When I was uh, studying at the American Academy of Book Binding with Don Glaster, he, he told us that he loves to experiment with materials and uh, uh, to implement all the different uh, types of materials into his uh, bindings into the covers. Uh, plastics, uh, wood, uh, metals, uh, different types of leather, so natural materials, artificial materials, anything. The only tricky thing is to find the glue that will uh, keep all this stuff together because uh, all the different materials uh, react differently. Uh, And so, for example, uh, he told us that when he... Uh, uses uh, mylar or uh, plexiglass in in his covers he s- sends the inner side of this plastic material just a bit so uh, it will uh, stick on the glue and uh, when when uh, you put it on the glue uh, the glue masks all this sanded uh, surface and make yeah. it flat so it it, it still becomes uh, uh, transparent so it sticks I have a, I have a different uh, solution for that yeah
1: that is a very nice one but if you can, that is a kind of uh, strips of glue yeah. called uh, Beva, I always forget the number Okay This is called Beva uh, 371 film
2: Yeah
1: This is very good to glue mylar, but you need heat Okay is it strip Yeah Whether that are two parts, you're gonna peel one part Glue it. Then you take it out the peel, and then you put the other part, and you glue it. It gets trans- It's transparent. Okay. So I can uh, send you this one. <laughs> but that is a fun thing. Each book binder, store, they will have some other ways to do the same thing. Yeah. I'm gonna deliver the same results sometimes, and
0: especially in different countries because different materials are available. Different materials are standardised exactly. by the uh, conservation uh, community and uh, uh, and organisations, local, nation and national organisations. So yeah, approaches differ.
1: Yeah, but it does that. That's why, like, the communication is nice. It's the same. Yeah, you know that the same thing that we used uh, in uh, to fill up the capsules of medicines, microcellulose. Yeah. This. Yeah. You can use book restoration as well.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, for myself, which is nice. I like the the, the standing thing. I'm gonna try actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So I guess uh, this answered this question.
1: And let's... if anybody wants any other question, more in depth, they can always write me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Either, I guess, email uh, through the website or on Instagram. I will definitely post the links be below the video.
1: Yeah, I'm very easy with, uh, with sharing what I know. So. Shoot that's it. Great. Oh, well, that's, sorry. <laughs> that's great. I know. <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah, and that, that's that's really important because uh, uh, I talked with some book binders and uh, uh, they shared experiences uh, from, from their lives that... Uh, not only uh, not often teachers who teach uh, uh, apprentices uh, are willing to share their sort of secrets sometimes they even uh, teach teach their apprentices wrong stuff so they would yeah, so be the only yeah so they would be the only people who know the secrets and the apprentices uh, will have mm-hmm. to rely on on their teachers for for a long time yeah. and when i first heard about that my mind mind was blown because it's just what the hell? It, it
1: is, yeah, yeah, it's like, what the hell? You know, it's just, uh, you know, it, for me, it doesn't make sense, this kind of, behavior. Hey, it's very old fashioned Unfortunately, there is a lot of people still doing that, including young people. Yeah. it's not only about age. The, <clears throat> okay, it's silly. It's silly, you know, it's just like, uh, if you keep ideas, like uh, I've learned uh, when I was doing some art uh, course that the more you use your creativity, Yeah. The more ideas you get.
0: Yeah, exactly. You
1: know, so keeping up a certain knowledge for yourself not to share with the student and this and that is so silly. Yeah. (laughs) I have no like a no faith. Like if I know it's just like it just ask if I know I answer. (laughs) If I don't know I may know someone that answers. makes yeah. it much simpler and yeah. like that actually i get quite
0: a lot of uh, answers back as well because yeah, yeah exactly that's how, how it works it works really both ways yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so question from lynn uh, what exactly is a waste sheet used for in binding uh, either in the new book or repair okay <clears throat> and i guess we'll uh, both prepare the... some stuff for that
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay uh, a waste sheet, like a, a waste sheet, anomaly is a waste, something like a silly piece of paper, but you're going to have a function and normally is protection. Uh, let's say that you want to, there's a book, and you want to glue this. Yeah. But if you're going to put here, like the, the glue, it might get uh, migrated to the rest of the to book. To the book
0: block, yeah.
1: So normally you put a piece of paper under, on, on under. On yeah. This is the waste paper, and then sometimes you have waste paper that you're gonna build up to make uh, the back of uh, uh, the spine of the book. Yeah. You need a little bit thicker, for example, when you're doing a French yeah. style binding. Yeah. Or rather, sometimes you need that, so you have waste paper there. That, that this paper before you wanna glue the, the 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 paste down. This is paste down, and this is the free leaf, free end leaf. Yeah. Before you do that, you're going to take this paper away. So it is uh, garbage paper.
2: Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. a
1: protection paper that you're going to use.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, Very, very, very important, people. It's learn terminology. Even if it's just uh, your hobby, learn the, the, the official terminology of things because when you ask people a question and they get an answer to you, it's going to be much easier for you to understand because you're going to go to that specific point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true, and uh, it's, it's maybe at
1: the end of the video. You give them the ligatus work, yeah. Uh, yeah, link, and I normally tell people get this book as well.
0: Okay, I guess I it's can put, nice. put put the link as well.
1: Yeah, that is very nice because it tells a lot about book parts and what's the the official terminology for yeah. that one.
0: Yeah, and uh, I also I also was taught that uh, for some projects. Uh, so I have I have this unfinished book that uh, remains unfinished for uh, almost five years. And uh, uh, for example, when we were uh, making covers, <coughs> uh, I was taught that you can make sort of a pocket that will cover your full book block because yeah. it's it's a it's a French binding, so it's. Uh, it's uh, not that uh, the cover is separate and uh, the book block is is separate part and then they are glued together it, it's bu- built yep. up from from pages up to the cover so at some point you need to protect your book block and you can create sort of a paper uh, pocket that covers the book yep. block and protects it from uh, from paste or glue or whatever you use or paints and uh, the other thing and uh, it still remains in this uh, in this book the Uh, it's it's not very visible because it's uh, translucent it's it's a mylar page that is temporarily attached to the uh, back and front of the this book block to once again to protect the outer pages of uh, the book block and uh, then when the binding is finished uh, the the mylar pages are removed as well as by the way the end leaf, uh, the waste paper or or some other stuff and uh, yeah so there are Several different ways of uh, protect, using not only waste paper, but uh, also plastics and uh, other protective yeah. materials. And uh, not only just a sheet of paper, but making a pocket or something like that. So there are several different approaches. There are They complement each other and they are interchangeable in some situations. So, yeah. And
1: we go especially like in French wine, sometimes you have this nice edge decoration. I yeah. saw that you made it with graffiti, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's yeah, it's graphite.
1: <clears throat> the graphite, yeah. And uh, so when you're working the last part that's the covering of yeah. the the book, yeah. you can damage. So yeah. that's also you put all this protection to not damage yeah. the beautiful decoration that it is done.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> nice done that. <yeah?
0: laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, never never finished it. I also uh, uh, during I don't know if you if you can see uh, here uh, Small golden uh, decorations. I made it later when when I had uh, uh, maybe this this will work better. Oh, I see
1: tooling. Totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Nice.
0: I had I had a, a gold tooling <laughs> workshop in my uh, studio in Moscow, and I just added some some smaller details, and here uh, on the.
1: I see. Yeah. Uh, nice.
0: Yeah. So this part as well, and uh, just just some simple stuff, but. I need to, I still need to finish the book. I need to uh, glue the covers to the block.
1: <laughs> oh, I have a lot of uh, this project as well. Like, uh...
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I start to get enthusiastic and then
0: i never finish. <laughs> Some someday, yeah. So, the next one I guess comes from Brazil and I guess I will butcher the name but maybe Eliana will help me with this. Uh, question from uh, Vinicius Reno or how? Reno or Reno? Reno. Vinicius? Vinicius Reno?
1: Reno, yeah, Vinicius Reno.
0: Okay. Tell me. Uh, how can I study book restoration coming from Brazil? If not here, where is the most affordable place to study abroad?
1: Ah, oh, Book restoration actually is not a very um, uh, cheap you No, know, to do it. Yeah. Uh, different modules. You have to go to professional uh, associations. Uh, try to connect uh, with the uh, ABA in São Paulo, the Association of Bookbinders. You know, in, in São Paulo, maybe they can give you some tips. I do not know the market, and I do not know how the study is done in this area in Brazil. Yeah. But uh, from what I the, the few I know, it's university level. I do not know the technical level how it goes, so I think it's the best way to connect to them. It is uh, here in <clears throat> in Europe, you can have a university, you can have a more technical degrees, and so on. You know, depends on which country. It's not a, a regulation, but you ha- will have always to make all these courses. So once you finish your course, you're not finished. You keep yeah. on studying. Yeah. So if you want to take book restoration seriously as a hobby or as a profession, be prepared to spend money on you know, the courses are expensive, you yeah. know, the fun course is about using fun, different and uh, innovative techniques, they expensive, the, and that means as well that you're going to have it to go sometimes to a location to learn it, not, not everything, because it's about your hands as well, how to use your hands. Yeah. How do you see the people using their hands and accessing the, the issues and problems? And
0: Yeah, so you have to study in location.
1: And you have to go bit by bit, or you have to get at university and start getting, you know, just like a more conservative level. I, I, I'll tell people if you really like it, it's fascinating, it's yeah. very rewarding. But yeah, there is a lot of investment. You're not going to become rich. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. sometimes you have to treat books that you can hardly even dream about having one of those
2: yeah
0: okay yeah
1: yeah if Vinicius have any other further question he can even connect to me in Portuguese yeah <laughs> so we can chat
0: yeah I, I also wanted to say that you probably don't need to go all the way. Uh, to, to become a conservator or book restorer, you can uh, go forward and uh, try some book repair techniques. You just, uh, you just may want to acknowledge uh, the, the principles that are used uh, by, by book restorers and book conservators and uh, just uh, start with simpler tasks. But anyway, to become to, to know how to make good repairs, it's still not enough to just watch uh, some youtube videos and no, uh, to to no. read some books reading books is good but hand on the experience yeah, on, yeah. uh, that comes from a teacher from a tutor is uh, mm-hmm. so important and
1: uh, you know so like when i see those uh, uh video youtube videos that's how you fix uh, a linen you know yeah. binding yeah uh, i just like it it everything please don't you know <laughs> <laughs> Just, that, that that's like if you do it for yourself, then it is your own responsibility. But don't put this out there for other people, um, because <laughs> that, that, like it's uh, like you make it. Uh, I'll say it's? Uh, I think that like for example, I, I never ever call myself a conservator. I'm not a conservator because I'm not trained as a conservator. I'm a restorer. Yeah, I'm a technician. Okay. okay. There are things that the conservators do that I can do as well. And most of the things that I can do, a conservator can do it. So they step uh, like a further on that part. What I bring difference is because I have a book binding, you know, uh, as as a background. Yeah. So that gives them an advantage. Uh, not all conservators actually are book binders. You know, they follow a path that's different.
0: Yeah. So, they, they may specialize with uh, with some some sort of materials I don't know leather cloth yeah. and and so on so uh, they may be quite focused on some parts of uh, of yeah. book objects and uh, bookish objects
1: and depends on where you've learned you know that they might be able to store and conserve a French binding but they will not know how to make a French binding themselves yeah yes and so like so th- that is all this thing and a lot of the, the, the skills you you it is not a YouTube video that we're gonna teach you <laughs> yeah, that's true, and also understand you like a, like do you like chemistry? you don't like it, don't get involved because you're gonna have to deal with chemistry, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you have to deal with other aspects as well it, it, it restoration and conservation is more scientific than it is artistic, yeah. But it's
0: fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's fun if you like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, next one uh, question from uh, Peter Triska. A question about, is about headbands. How do you get the ends uh, to hide so you don't see them when you open the book, especially when leather covers are involved? It's yeah. a bit
1: difficult without pictures.
0: Yeah, I already uh, I'm answered. I'm not sure
1: if I understand what he means about uh, hiding or hiding.
0: I, I think that Maybe
1: we can tackle that, uh, you know, if you put pictures?
0: Yes, sometimes um, when you...
1: really, I think that is like the, a bookbinder, you know, with more experience than me in bookbinding itself would be a yeah. better person to answer.
0: I think that uh, sometimes when you see some mass-produced books, uh, uh, you, you can see that when you open the book, the edges, uh, the ends of the endbands may be seen and they are not sort of uh, fitting the uh, book cover perfectly, but uh, it's it really the... Answer to this video really needs to include uh, photos and maybe a video yeah. uh, sometimes showcasing. sometimes you can also
1: go in a in a little bit of a slope. You know, you have the spine and you go yeah. a little bit in a slope. Now, yeah, yeah. You see that into this kind of technique into the um, oh, what's the name? Uh, my favorite one, spring back. Yeah. The way spring back, uh, the the hand bands and spring back attach it. Yeah. No, there are some online tutorials on springback that shows that. Yeah. And I do if you can give a look. That's that's also nice tip that you can try to adapt to other binding types. Yeah. But without the pictures, it's difficult to say. if yeah. that's exactly what the person means?
0: Yeah. But then, in the end, it all goes down to. Fitting the parts perfectly and uh, you yeah. know measuring everything so that uh, it's not too much and uh, and and uh, not not enough. <laughs> no. So yeah. And you
1: know that perfection in bookbinding is uh, relatively new. A lot of our very old books they. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are not yeah. straight. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> That's true. Protection was the most important, not the. Um...
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that depends on the budget of the client. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And they were very good in limiting.
0: Faster, cheaper, yeah. or more expensive and yeah. better.
1: And yeah. paper was extremely expensive. Yeah. yeah. Paper was expensive commodity, so they would recycle as much as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. This question came uh, while we were already uh, recording these videos, (laughs) uh, so it it was a lucky chance that I saw it. Uh, It's a question from uh, Janet Mente. Uh, Oh, I know
1: the librarian! Yeah? I know her! Okay. She's in Rome.
0: Okay, this is even funnier. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like yeah, this, this is, is nice.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is even better. So it's 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 two questions really, and one is uh, for for you, and the second one I guess is for me. What's the most satisfying part of your job as a binder restorer?
1: Actually, when I deliver the the the, the, the book, yeah, is when the person look at that and make like, ah, oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's 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 unbeatable. That's unbeatable. I had people hugging me, kissing me. <laughs> you know, not times. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, especially when you're dealing with uh, uh, books with a lot of sentimental value, and people get back, uh, that's that's really unbeatable feeling. That's yeah. the best feeling you can have.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: Big kiss to Janet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she actually she she works in the the Royal Academy in uh, the Dutch Royal Academy in Rome. I've met her last year. Okay. When I went for a workshop uh, that they organized on photo uh, photo conservation. Mm,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> really yeah. That, that's another know.
0: completely different area because yeah, photo conservation oh, yeah. is something special. <laughs>
1: No, I went purely to understand what it what it takes not to do it myself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You
0: know, and I will and the get for you. I will get something to, to to answer the the second question. Just a moment. The second question, uh, uh, a technical question: How would you use the three D printed spine rounding tool? Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, I brought some some of them here. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something like this, a tool with uh, different uh, round shapes uh, all around it, or there are different versions. I also have a, a wooden tool <laughs> here <laughs> that I made while I still had my woodworking workshop in, back in Moscow. So yeah, it's, it's pretty similar, lots of diameters, yeah. uh, and uh, this is a pretty large tool, so it's <coughs> something like 40 centimeter long or something like that. And uh, yeah, the, the principle is the same for for the 3D printed tools or for the wooden tools. It doesn't really matter. And uh, I, as far as I know, there are two approaches to using them. Uh, the first one is for rounding spines of covers for case bindings. When you have a, when you have a book cover prepared uh, to be put on 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 a book block, you put it in the uh you put the spine of this uh, book cover i i don't have a book cover right now but yeah so you you put the spine of the book cover inside of the groove and then you use some pestle or something uh some uh, uh, stick or i don't know some uh some device to to rub it in and to make the spine round. It stays this way because usually you have uh, something like, I don't know, maybe leather or cloth or as, as, as uh, covering material as, uh, for, for the cover, and it's lined with paper or something like that. So it's, it's not, not a very thin material and it will keep the form, uh, the rounded form. And then it easier goes uh, over the uh, rounded uh, book block. So that's the first use uh, for, for the rounding uh, blocks, rounding tools uh, doesn't matter if 3D printed or made with wood. Uh, the other thing uh, that I, I, I saw that people use it this way, but I never did this uh, uh, myself, is that they take a book block, uh, that is, this, this book block is already glued so uh, you can read around it, but they take a book block that isn't yet glued, they put it inside of the groove so that uh, the uh the uh sections will follow the pattern and they will round a bit because the stitching will allow them to shift just a bit then they sort of uh, press it together turn around and glue while uh, the form is still intact and you get a rounded uh, spine for for the uh, book but yeah many professionals would say that it's not a proper way to to make a rounded spine and uh, uh, well,
1: yeah, because in that that second that method, the fore edge you need to use something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Because otherwise you can form it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the the points they have to be aligned. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. can be That's used true. as a tool to help, yeah. but then you will have to check. Yeah. If it's, if it's, if it's right. square,
0: yeah. But then these are two uses that I know of, and I I, uh, I used uh, I used these tools quite a lot. In the first situation, uh, to round the spines of uh, cases for for book blocks. Never used it in, in, in the second situation. But once again, I saw that some people uh, do that, and uh, well, it maybe could be maybe use this one
1: well to form uh, to form a uh, uh, round uh, <clears throat> the spine.
0: Maybe you can also, uh, there is the other thing that we discussed with Ben Elbel, uh, that uh, sometimes rounded spines are made for books, uh, for perfect bound books. So for books made of uh, single sheets, single lifts. And maybe you can uh, uh, use the rounding tool for uh, this type of books as well, because so you, you, you make, uh, make the round shape, you put the, you put the book block, unglued book block in the rounding tool, uh, make the round shape, then you press it. Uh, turn it around, and you can fan and uh, glue the uh, pages. Once again, it's it's a different technique from what we talk, what we discussed with Ben, because Ben talked about uh, gluing the uh, book block first and then uh, backing it with a hammer. And yeah, yeah and that's that's that's, that's that's a proper way. But once again, I know that some people <laughs> use yeah. rounding tools this way. So yeah, that's that's the that's the answer, and. Uh, we went through almost all of the questions, we have only one last question left. Uh, well, two last questions, but from coming from the same uh, person. It's a question from Tsvi uh, Lieberman. What methods are used for restoring the physical page of a book uh, if, P- if a piece is missing? Is there any way to mix up new matching paper pop and fill in the gaps? That's the first question from this person. Yeah,
1: the, okay, that, uh, what do we do with? If is a missing paper. We're gonna get a paper to kind of uh, uh, m- match what is missing. You're not going to reconstruct text and everything. We're just gonna end up and putting, uh, for example, Japanese paper. We use that a lot because Japanese paper have very long fibers, a very strong paper, despite being very thin.
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> so that is that is one of the things that uh, we do it. We normally cut Japanese paper with a uh, a watercolor pencil this
2: yeah
1: is water here That means that that is a water line and then you take it by hand so you have the, all these fibers
0: yeah and, and this
1: I was gonna compose very well with the old paper
0: yeah and there is no no straight cut because straight cut will no. create a step and step will uh, <laughs> exactly. bring to to breaking yeah. the paper and at, and at, 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 at latif-
1: yeah we cut with water. Or we cut it by hand. Yeah. So that you have like that uh, that, 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 effect.
0: I never you know, I never I thought might. about using a watercolor pen because uh, oh, it I, is I, very al- nice. I always used, used brushes. But this like is smart. For
1: example, yeah. I will show here. This is the effect when you cut by hand. Yeah. I think that maybe you can see that there is some um, little f- fibers. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure if you can see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this is much better.
1: And then when you cut it with a <clears throat> a water, I I, I just placed a, a line. Yeah. With water, not sure you see here. Yeah, yeah. Then you cut, and you can see here the amount of fibers.
2: Yeah.
1: Those fibers, they're gonna be glued together in the other pages so to make the transition very smooth. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And there will be no step because this step is just an oval.
1: But you have to find the right uh, uh, weight of the paper.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's just uh, like uh, we say Japanese paper, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> normally made it from mulberry uh, a tree. Yeah. The Japanese you would call a washi, yeah. you know, that means paper. And the the fiber is causal from the mulberry, and they have a different gram, uh, grams. So the gramage difference, The color is different. You have from a little bit white edge to a little bit darker colors. You can find a, a Japanese paper as dark as this one. If you see compared to the other one, there is a difference in shade.
0: Well, well, I can see that there is difference, but yeah, it's not not contrast enough. Yeah. Yeah, Not, that's yeah. much better. Yeah,
1: but there are different shades, and then you have to match that shade to be a nice and neat uh, match. Yeah. So we normally we use that one. That's the easiest way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, for, for for sure there are ways to fill in uh, lost parts with uh, paper pulp, but it's much more trickier process and. Uh, you yeah. need a machine. That on ev- you need on a leaf casting every machine. step, yeah, because because you need to yeah. to get the right mix. You need to get the right color of the mix. And also a vacuum.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a vacuum that it creates sander. And yeah. uh, the leaf casting machine is this huge machine, very yeah. expensive. Yeah. That's normally the big restoration ateliers or the big uh, institutions would have access yeah. to a leaf casting machine. Yeah. And it is not economical to do it for one page. So when you're going to do leaf casting, you're going to be doing it at a production scale.
2: Yeah.
1: And you're going to use pulp, you know, you know, cellulose pulp, you know, to do that. I yeah. do not know how to do it. I don't have a leaf casting machine. Yeah. But I saw yeah. it, you know. And <clears throat> but it is it is possible to use pulp.
0: Yeah.
1: That they use it.
0: And. And I suppose it's it's possible to do it by hand, but it's so tricky because you need to without without a vacuum table or something. Uh, yeah, you will all... never get it uh, perfectly perfectly flat. There will be uh, uh, imperfections and uh, gonna yeah. Gonna be like a roof, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I've yeah. learned. That someone told me that we I could do a kind of a leaf casting machine using uh, developing a frame and using um, a vacuum cleaner.
2: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat>
1: You know, to create the, the suction.
2: Yeah.
1: And um but I, I never tried myself. I it I think you know, so yeah. Yeah. That there is I don't even have a space to get, get another contraction
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes. and the second one the last questions for today um how do you prevent the end paper wrinkling uh, when gluing in the text block the books i have bound all end up with a crease in the end paper on the cover side uh, usually near the fold
1: i think i know what is that one uh, do you know that even like in the past they had that problem look uh, you know it, it's a very tricky. sometimes i get the same issue but I think that this would be a best way if, if ever someone can get and show the whole process and how you're going to score it. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it happens when you have a certain bind and you in between in i um, I'll pick up a book again, uh, this part here gets a crease.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, but the, the thing is, if you have a book like this that is just very simple, they won't get it. But you will get sometimes on uh, French bindings, you know, because of the gluing.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, sometimes you get in the Bradell as well. You get that kind of uh, issue because the problem you open, you know, you glue it, and then you go back. When you go back, there is that crease.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it's an ugly crease, you know. So what I tell you, like, uh, get a good set of instructions of uh, I don't have it by my head, so that's why I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> Get the real good sense, uh, uh, steps of uh, how to make the book and follow to the letter. Yeah, you know because the, I remember that you have actually to put something there and put it under pressure and weight, and some of them you have to uh, dry it open. You know, that, that to get the not to get the crease, and you have to you know glue 24 hours. If you use any glue, it's about 24 hours drying time. Yeah follow the instructions <laughs> yeah, I
0: wanted to, t- to say that um, yeah that that's a good advice to to find some instructions that will work for you and to, to follow them and to try different types of instructions from different tutorials or different videos or something like that but what, what worked for me is just not moving too fast and uh, at least in the beginning not moving too fast and checking every every smallest step that everything goes uh, goes goes fine and then just uh, finding this balance uh, between uh, you know speed and uh, and good result and uh, just following yeah. this the same pattern uh, time and time again and then it, it uh, at some point uh, you you stop uh, making this mistake and uh, it, it starts to work all the time
1: I heard once of that for uh, Benjamin uh, he was also doing these meeting greets in his uh, atelier yeah and one of these greeting meetings, I've met that uh, uh, bookbinder, American bookbinder, Daniel Kelm. And they, I remember the, doing the meeting greeting. He was showing his work. Very, very, very interesting. And he said that if you're doing like a proper bookbinding, your speed, unless you're doing commercially,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, like educating simple stuff, you're going to consider speed. Yeah. But if you're doing a really nice one, you're not rushing it. Yeah. You want it perfect. Yeah. So then you follow each step to perfection.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And to get to that is practice.
0: Yeah. So I guess I guess yeah. that's it. Be <laughs> yeah. Be Keep Yeah. Keep working. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes maybe maybe a bit drier glue will help as well. Not yeah. not as moist glue, because uh, moist yeah. moist glues and and paste. Uh, uh, will make your paper wrinkle even without, you know, any additional <laughs> in- <Yeah>. inhibitions. <laughs>
1: Try to get acquainted with all sorts of kind of types of glues that there are and how they behave. Remember when I was talking about testing? Yeah. You know, the best thing when you have different uh, glues, test it, test the paper, test it on events. Don't go the last moment and, and just uh, in your final product and decide to do the test there. No. Test before, so then when you arrive to that step in your book, you already know a little bit what to expect.
0: That's true. Testing testing <coughs> always helps. <laughs> if, if you have if, if you have the possibility to test, because sometimes you just don't, don't have enough materials, and then you have to, you know, work with what Even you have. if
1: you test a little bit, you know, yeah. so sometimes all you need is just a little part yeah. 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 to test yeah. it, yeah. you know, true. to see how yeah. it behaves. You, you don't have to make... a, a a zillion mock books or a zillion plates of each because it's a waste of material.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: Even every Japanese paper that I use it, like sometimes I have these little little parts that are left over, I I put it apart and I recycle. When I have it to make a, a restoration of a wood piece that's missing, I usually I make papier mache out mm, of these mm-hmm. little pieces that are left over. Yeah. And you know, also to compose something else. So don't waste material. Use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't store it as well. <laughs> yeah. Use it, but that's it.
0: <laughs> so, I guess that's it with uh, our main part. Uh, we answered all the questions. At least I hope they, that we answered all the questions.
1: <laughs> oh, if they have questions, just, just come back. I know you try <laughs> oh, answer to answer, or maybe to forward someone else that's better to answer.
0: Yeah and uh, yeah i have some more in my announcements to make uh, this video uh, appears on youtube as well as our uh, our other videos appear on youtube's uh, youtube channel uh, along with uh, live streams uh, and uh, some other stuff so subscribe uh, to ibookbinding on youtube you can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website to get uh, updates about the next videos and to ask questions in time uh, to send uh, questions to our next guests. If you have any thoughts on uh, who would be a perfect guest for us for us some of next times, uh, you can also write some comments. And uh, that's the question I want to address to Eliane as well, because I know that you wanted to name some names.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think that it would be really nice to have uh, Rita Udina. Yeah. You know, from, yeah. from Spain.
0: Yeah, and it's already uh, confirmed yeah. that she's uh, she is our next guest next week, so yeah, we will Fantastic. we will definitely talk with her. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, she's she's I think a few people really gonna like it, you know, to have uh, a chat with uh, with the Rita. Uh, yeah. You know, I like her very much, you know, she's fun, and she tells you a lot of she tells a lot of things from her heart, she loves the profession, and she's a conservator. You yeah. know, she's a really good one. Uh, another person that uh, maybe if you can get that would be very interesting here from the Netherlands is Vilma uh, van Driel yeah. and Bert Rietjes. You know, they're, they're a couple. Yeah. They are in the uh, Papyrus of in yeah. Leiden.
0: In Leiden, yeah, Near, nearby. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: the interesting part is that she's a bookbinder. She also teaches. And Bert is into typography.
2: Yeah.
1: So they kind of... Uh, can combine both sides of the printing and the making, and uh, they are very nice people. You know, very good professionals. You know, and they have uh, quite a lot of experience to tell about. Oh
0: yeah, 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 and they are teachers. So. Yeah. And they
1: are teachers. Yeah, they are they, teachers. They know how to, how to
0: how t- to how to talk about these things.
1: Yeah, and I've, maybe a lot of the questions that people ask me today, they would be much better. Get better answers from them because they really know how to to get it, you know, into that teaching mode. I don't yeah. have it that much, <laughs> so I'm sorry for everybody if I didn't really well, get I, the question. I think it program. went well today. Well, if there if there, anything is needed, I'm open. <laughs> you know, yeah. people can always contact.
0: Yeah, yeah. and uh, I guess uh, the last thing is to decide who is the winner of the giveaway, who will get a set of uh, magnetic corner clamps. Uh, What was your favorite question?
1: I really liked the the question about the unexpected material, you know, unexpected tools, you know, I like that one really called my attention because it is, uh, uh, yeah, I like it, the question. (laughs) Uh, because, you know, it's like, I love my tools, you know, and that, uh, yeah, and, come, and it, because like, we, I'm always using new tools, and believe me, sometimes I have projects, and I come with you, step by, step by. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> We work on a couple of things together. Why? Because I get into trouble, and yeah. I need to solve a problem, and we yeah. have to find a tool. So, yeah, yeah I love my tools. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah the, and I. love this discussion
0: question. process because uh, it's it's great yeah. to to you know to exchange ideas and to perfect the the tools uh, in during just discussions and uh, some first testing steps. So so yeah, it's it's really important. And I love
1: passing new tools. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that part as well. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you, thank you very much for talking to me today and uh, thanks a lot for, for your story, for your answers and for the discussion. I had a great time, <laughs> it was a blast. <laughs> uh, once again,
1: Yeah, once,
0: once again, thanks a lot to our community, to everyone who sent us questions and to everyone who watches this video and to everyone who supports iBookbany on Patreon and uh, see you next time.
1: See you next time, guys. Bye. Good luck.